we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Flipside Podcast. Thank you for your support, and thank you for letting us into your ears for a little bit today. Um, A lot of things went on last night in the world of sports, um, the NBA and Major League Baseball in particular. Uh, A little bit of NFL news. We're going to get to that all pretty quickly so that we don't take up too much of your day. I know you're busy. We're all sort of busy in our own ways. But let's get it started. The headline event, the NBA Finals. Game one last night between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Uh, the Lakers took game one, 116-98. to 98. Uh, Game two will be Friday on ABC, 9 o'clock. Uh, the Lakers were led, no surprise, by Anthony Davis, who contributed 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks. Followed by LeBron James, who was one assist short of another playoff triple-double. 25, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, This game was a surprise to me. This game, I think, was a surprise to everybody for a lot of reasons. Uh, First of all, the the Miami Heat got out to a 13-point lead fairly early, and it, it... it looked like the moment was was just right, not too big, like some people had predicted. Uh, the matchups weren't that glaring, I didn't think, right away. But things went south quickly um, and continued to go south for the Miami Heat after that. The Lakers were uh, went on quite a run, got themselves out to about a 30-point lead, um, wound, up, wound up winning by... 18, but it was it was never in doubt from from the from halftime basically. Um, Jimmy Butler did what Jimmy Butler does. He scored 23 points. Uh, defended well. Um, they're they're going to need to make some adjustments. I was I was curious to see what they would do from a matchup perspective with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, they they. A lot of people thought that Bam Adebayo, we'll get to him in a minute a little more, but a lot of people thought that he was going to be able to um, really cause problems for Anthony Davis, but that wasn't the case. Adebayo, yeah, he he is their rim protector. He's their defensive, um, their defensive anchor, if you will, down low, but he is only 6'9". Um, he's versatile. He's young. He's definitely going to be – he's well on his way to being a, a, a star in this league. Um, but but Anthony Davis, like I said, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, uh, pretty much did what he wanted, and um, Adebayo was was fairly, fairly effective before getting injured. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but the, the Lakers looked outstanding, and the matchups that everybody had been talking about, the mismatches, um, especially between LeBron and AD, 
uh, what the what the heat were going to be able to do. Uh, it was it was glaring, and a lot of people going into this game had predicted. They said that this this uh, series reminds them of the 4 Pistons versus Lakers in the finals, which famously the Shaq and Kobe Lakers basically basically their dynasty came to an end at the hands of a superstarless Pistons team. But there's a lot of differences there that people are kind of overlooking. I mean, that was a the, the game was played different there. Uh, this Miami Heat team is they're they're good defensively. They're not 4 Pistons good, and uh, the big difference between the Lakers then and the Lakers now is uh, while both teams had some veterans and uh, playoff experience, they their two stars, Shaq and Kobe, compared to LeBron and AD, were not um, were not going to surprise you. I mean, the Lake the the Pistons could come in knowing exactly what Shaq was going to try to do, exactly what Kobe was going to try to do. And they were both, they were both, um, they weren't selfish because they were, I mean, they're, they're legends and, and that was them at their, their peak per se. But Kobe's, Kobe's a volume shooter. He was a volume scorer and very effective. And Shaq was Shaq. I mean, he was 30, 10, four assists. You know, he didn't, he didn't really leave that, the paint. Uh, Kobe, was athletic, but Kobe was a scorer. With AD and LeBron, um, you you don't know how they're going to beat you. You you can't really game plan for their scoring ability because they can do so many different things. LeBron can can score thirty, can score thirty five, can probably score fifty if he wants to, but he he facilitates. I mean, he led the league in assists this year. Anthony Davis can can kill you from any spot on the floor. He's He's 6'10", 6'11", and has the size of a big center, but he's um, he can shoot the three, he can handle the ball, he can play off a pick and roll, and he's an elite rim defender and an elite defender. Um, also, the, the chemistry on this Lakers team is much different than, than that Lakers team. That, that Lakers team was on the brink of crumbling. They were so damn talented. But they had so many egos, and and it was starting to fall apart. From Phil and Kobe to Shaq and Kobe, and I mean, Derek Fisher. They brought in Carl Malone, Gary Payton. They had a lot of alphas, and it was a it was a toxic situation. This this Lakers team is not is not like that. They're that you can tell that their their chemistry is through the roof. They've they've got a whole bunch of playoff experience from Rondo to Dwight Howard and Danny Green. And uh, JaVale McGee and guys like that that have that have been here. Obviously, LeBron, who's been here um, in these situations, uh, it's just it's just very different. That that Pistons team had had about eight guys that could defend multiple positions and could shoot. And while the Heat are a better shooting team than that 0-4 Pistons team, they are much younger and they are not as good defensively. They they have their pieces, Bam and um, Jimmy Butler, that are elite defenders. But outside of that, I mean, Iguodala used to be, and Crowder used to be a pretty good defender. But those guys are older, and it just it the mismatch was glaring even more so than I thought it was going to be. Uh, speaking of Bam, uh, shoulder injury, we're left in the third quarter. We're not really sure. Uh, a timetable, or if he'll be ready for game game two. 
Uh, Gordon Dragic, notably, left with a foot injury. Seems pretty upset about it. That's never a good sign, especially from a veteran who's been through injuries and knows when a serious injury is going to affect the, their future or the next few games. So those two main, main pieces, uh, Dragic being experienced and damn efficient, uh, being out hurts, and Bam obviously hurts as their only possible solution to slowing down LeBron and AD inside 20 feet. Um, the Heat are in big trouble, but uh, that, that game might have been some jitters. A lot of those guys haven't been in that situation. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, um, those kind of guys haven't haven't been on that stage. And uh, Spolstra, Spolstra has experienced, the Miami Heat coach has experienced in making adjustments and putting his team in a good position. But if those injuries are if those injuries are long lasting, whether it's next game or the next two games or whatever, either one of those guys, this, this could be a sweep and this one could get out of hand quickly. Um, I do still expect the heat to take one, maybe two because they're so, so talented and so they can get so hot from deep. Um, and they're, they're, they're really well coached. Not saying that the Lakers aren't, I think Frank Vogel's fantastic, but, uh, Spolstra has been here, been in this stage, and I think I think the Heat don't roll over and die if they lose a couple. And I, I do still think they take one or two, but this one this one's looking ugly, especially if Bam is not coming back for this series or not for a couple games, especially Bam and Dragic too. But um, what what the the thing that I noticed. As I, as I'm watching the game, it it dawned on me like you know these talking about LeBron here is you know everybody's been saying you know he's he's old he's he's on the back back nine of his career and obviously he's not going to play another 17 years right but um, like a lot of stars at this age you've seen a decline you've seen them uh, really be a shell of themselves. And I, I, I'm just wondering as I'm watching, like, it's in my head that, yeah, he's old. It's 17 season. This is incredible. But we haven't seen a decline. Like, and it, it's a lot to do with the the way he's evolved his games like the great ones have. Whether it's Jordan, who later on in his career, when he was still the best player on the planet, um, realized, Jordan and Kobe both, realized that they couldn't they couldn't dominate a game by attacking the hoop and playing above the rim like they had when they were younger. They they developed an outside shot. They they played off pick and roll. They did all those things. And you've seen that with LeBron where he's as the game's evolved, he's developed more of a three-point shot. He facilitates. He's always been a facilitator, but he's able to do it at an elite level now and make him so he understands like those guys did that he needs to make himself a matchup nightmare as his body can't he can't physically dominate like he could when he was younger. He's still in prime prime shape, but um playing the way he did when he was younger, his body's not gonna last as long. So he's developed his game like many of the greats have. And I I haven't seen a decline. Um and I'm I'm wondering when we will. Like, you know, the quarterbacks, the Drew Breeses and Tom Brady's, you you see the decline because um they don't throw as many deep balls or they're they're not 
um, they can't make the they can't make the out route throws from the the opposite hash. And you know, I, I haven't seen a part of LeBron's game that has diminished at thirty five. And maybe maybe it's around the corner, but maybe maybe we have to give credit to not just his ability to play at this level for this long, but what he puts into uh, his preparation and his recovery in order to play at this level. Because, I mean, outside of last season where he missed quite a bit of time with the growing injury, um, we haven't seen him miss much time at all. I mean, not not for injuries, and he's I mean, it's part luck, it's part preparation, but you, you got to give credit to somebody that – that can play at this level for this long and somebody that commits year in and year out to staying in the best possible uh, shape for their age. And uh, what, what he's been has been beyond special from a longevity standpoint. And he's, he's going for his fourth ring right now. And I mean, we, we haven't seen somebody play at what looks like their peak for 17 years ever not even close. I mean, there's a couple of baseball players that uh, their late 30s were um, were just as effective. A lot of pitchers, the, the Nolan Ryan's and those guys. But I mean, somebody that's going out playing 82 and at, at fast pace and contact, uh, it's it's impressive to say the least. And um, I, th- I think that no matter no matter what side you're on in the Jordan Lebron thing, I think it's splitting hairs. But I think um, you can you can not like what he what he says or the way he um, has takes care of or speaks uses his platform to talk about social justice or sometimes he speaks from an uninformed stance. But what this guy does on the court and in the off season to make sure that he can do that on the court has to be respected because personally I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. And uh, hats off to LeBron. Hats off to the Lakers. This one looks like it's going to be easy, but um, if I know Eric Spolstra and I know what these Heat can do from twenty-five feet out, this this there there could be a couple blowouts going the other way. But got to look out for those injuries. Got to pay attention to those, and uh, they could really, really make this series ugly quickly. The what a lot of people pointed to was the way that Miami defended uh, Jason Tatum and the way that they defended Giannis and thought that that was going to work for LeBron and Anthony Davis. Well, first of all, Giannis was the MVP. He's a fantastic. He deserved it. But he is not the threat, the versatile threat on the offensive end that these two guys are. He, If he can develop a... Uh, more of a jump shot and um, can doesn't have to just drive the lane and get get buckets inside. Then yeah, but um, what they did against Tatum switching bodies and going to a zone worked great. But uh, Tatum is not LeBron, not yet. He's just ceiling is. I mean, we don't know what his ceiling is. He's not even close to it yet. But. Uh, with the Celtics, you really have to deal with one of them. I mean, you can put Butler out on him and uh, keep Bam inside to protect the rim, but with the Lakers, you have um, LeBron and Anthony Davis who can beat you from multiple, multiple spots, and it's just 
it, it looks like it's going to be a major problem. So um, looking forward to game two, looking forward to the rest of the series. Uh, we'll have more on that as those games come along. Again, game two, Friday, ABC, 9 o'clock. Don't miss it. You're, you're still in a pandemic, I guess. So stay home, watch the game. Should be a good one. Our second segment today, we're going to go to the uh, Diamond Major League Baseball playoffs. Wild card round is underway, and personally, I love it. I'm not a, not a huge baseball fan. I think the game's pretty slow, but anytime that a sport that's ancient gets progressive, um, I'm all in, and, and I like this new format. Uh, 16 teams have gotten in, three-game series, wild card round, just like the other major sports, uh, short series. Um, I, I like where we're at, but just to update where we're at in Major League Baseball, the American League, uh, the number one seed, Tampa Bay, eliminated Toronto. Um, like I said, they won game two, eight to two, and they will be taking on the New York Yankees, who had one of the hardest games to watch one of the hardest high-scoring baseball games to watch. Usually that's that's what makes it fun. And the Yankees ended the season of the Cleveland Indians and the likely American League MVP, Jose Ramirez. Uh, they beat him 10-9, to and it was rain-delayed, and there was, I mean, it was seven hours. It was it was a long one, but what, what made it pretty boring was the fact that they tied the record for walks in a playoff game all time with 19 walks. That's that's not thrilling baseball. Um, but Yankees move on. Their pitching is a little suspect, but as you know, they've, they've got the sticks to stay in any game. Like I said, they will take on the Tampa Bay Rays, who won the AL East. The Yankees were the wild card out of the East, along with Toronto. But... Uh, these teams are very, very familiar with each other and uh, should be a good series in the American League Division Series. And then uh, the Houston Astros swept Minnesota, who was a three seed, and won the American League Central. And uh, Houston, as we all know, Houston had has some 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 demons to get through. They They struggled this year, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that their their cheating scandal that I, I'm sure if you're listening to this we don't need to recap how the Houston Astros have been so successful in the last couple of years, but um, they they really took a hit in a lot of ways this season and snuck into the playoffs. Uh, all of their stars, Altuve, Springer, Bregman, Correa, all have had really really bad years hitting, and. Pile on top of that, Garrett Cole, one of their aces from their title runs, is now with the Yankees. Verlander had surgery. He's out for the season. And their ace is Zach Grinke, who Grinke's a fantastic pitcher. And, but, I mean, we can, we can legitimately make the case that his best days are behind him. Um, still got nasty stuff. But uh, Houston, Houston lacked the spark that made them lovable and hateable. Uh, their their arrogance, their their flash, their flair seemed gone. But last night, when they were about to close out Minnesota, 
you could see that they were they were getting their groove back and um if if they can somehow pull off a world series championship uh all respect to them i don't respect what they did but coming back from that the the hate from their own peers and uh, all the scrutiny and having a down year offensively losing two aces the way they did manager change um it'd be it'd be impressive to say the least so uh a part of me is almost rooting for Houston but i i don't think i can um they are going to take on the winner of the Oakland A's and the Chicago White Sox Oakland beat Chicago uh 5 to 3 last night to even that series at one game apiece so uh Chicago's one of those teams like like the Padres or the Braves that are really young and fun to watch. And uh, I don't want to see them go out right now. As a, as a Tigers homer, I've, I've never liked the White Sox or the Twins or the Indians, but they are fun to watch. I think they're good for baseball, like the Padres, like the, like the Braves. Uh, they bring some attitude like the Astros did. Um, they they're love them or hate them, and, and I'd like to see them move on because it's good for the game. Oakland's very methodical, very old school, and um, it's it's been a good series. Like like boxing, they say styles make fights. Two two opposing styles, two contradicting styles, makes for a great fight, and uh, that's exactly what you have with Oakland and Chicago. So we've got Tampa versus the Yankees, and um, the winner of today's game, game three between Oakland. And the White Sox will take on the Houston Astros in the ALDS. So the AL's shaping up. They started a day early, so they're a little more, a little further along. Uh, we'll switch over to the National League. Right now, the Dodgers took a one-game lead on the Brewers, four to two in the late game last night. Dodgers are the one seed. Bellinger, Betts, Kershaw, Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller started. Uh, game one, it's going to be Clayton Kershaw in game two, who we know how he has performed in the playoffs. I'm, I'm rooting for Kershaw because I think he's a good dude and he's maybe the best pitcher of my generation. Um, but they, they are gonna, they're going to have their hands full. The Brewers, the Brewers got into the playoffs with a sub 500 record, but they, they've got ball players. Uh, Zach Davies is going for him in game two. He's an excellent pitcher. They've got last year's NL MVP and Christian Yelich, who's having a really, really down year, but he is dangerous. And they've they've got bats along that all along that lineup, and uh, they just haven't found their groove this year. So uh, if they can take one off Kershaw and the Dodgers, they might they might be able to pull a huge upset. But I like I like the Dodgers to get that one done. The best team in baseball versus the one of the lesser teams to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think the Dodgers take that one pretty handily today. And that's that's a 10 p.m. start tonight, uh, game two. And then you've got the uh, Miami Marlins took game one from the Chicago Cubs in a bit of an upset, 5-1. to one. Uh, Game two will be at 2 o'clock Eastern. And that's going to be Sanchez versus you Darvish for the Cubs. Darvish, like Kershaw, has had... Some playoff struggles in his life. Kyle Hendricks was excellent yesterday and for the Cubs, but Darvish has all the skill in the world, just hasn't been able to put it together in the postseason. We'll see if he can even it up or if Chicago is in big, big trouble. Um, the 
The winner of that one's going to take on the winner of the Cardinals and the Padres. That one, game two, is at 5 Eastern today. The Cardinals won the first game 7-4. to four, And much like the White Sox and the Blue Jays, who are already out, they're young. Uh, they're, and, the, and the Braves, they're young, they're, they're exciting, and they're changing the game. And I don't want to see the Padres go, go down this early. Uh, Tatis, Machado... Trent Grisham, who's been playing great, uh, might need to might need to shore up the the bullpen and the rotation a bit. But as far as the skill positions go, um, San Diego looks like they're as good as it gets, and looks like they're going to be good for a really, really, really long time. Um, so looking forward to that one again. Much like the White Sox and Oakland series, uh, that's old school St. Louis, uh, methodical versus the flashy young aggressive San Diego Padres. I'll always take the young, flashy, aggressive because I think it's good for the sport. Whether you love it or hate it, it makes you tune in. So uh, I root for teams like that. And um, that brings me to the last matchup in the National League. And like I had said in yesterday's episode, if you listen to the bonus nugget I gave you at the end as far as betting goes, I said take the under. That over-under was set at 7 I know that the Atlanta Braves have bats and have had an excellent season, but Trevor Bauer is going to win the Cy Young. His ERA is absurd. He strikes everybody out, and he did it again yesterday. He struck out 12, and uh, Max Fried was on the mound for Atlanta. I said, this kid's a lot better than the attention he gets. He's putting up Cy Young-like numbers. He has some Cy Young-like stuff, and he's a young guy. And not to mention the Cincinnati Reds are the worst hitting team, not just in baseball, but or not just in the bubble or playoffs, but in baseball. They're the worst hitting team in baseball. The 30 teams, even the 14 that aren't here, hit better than the Cincinnati Reds. And so you've got a young guy with crazy talent um, and, and a – bright future going against the worst hitting team in baseball. And then you've got the unhittable Trevor Bauer going against the Braves. So I said, take the under over under was seven final score, Atlanta one Cincinnati zero in 13 innings. I, I hit this one hard. I I said under, 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 under these pitchers are too good. They're not going to give up this many runs. And if anybody did, it was going to be Max Freed, but Cincinnati can't hit anything, and it, it played out just like I expected. Going forward, the Atlanta Braves absolutely have the pitching matchup today, and they have the bats, and they are going to take game two easily. Bet Atlanta money line, no doubt. It's it's probably I, – I didn't look at what it is, but it's probably minus, minus 170, 200-ish. Uh, they're they're – they're loaded, and they're not facing Trevor Bauer. So they, they've got the pitching matchup. They've got the momentum. They've got the Acunas and the Freddie Freemans, who might might be the MVP this year. Uh, Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swans, and the team's loaded. They're fun to watch, and they're going to roll Cincinnati. So uh, an interesting nugget from yesterday, the Yankees-Indians game tied, like I said, Tied the most most walks in playoff history with 19. Between the two teams, 19 walks. The Reds and the Braves had the most strikeouts. 
between the two of them in playoff history. 37. So you got two opposite ends of the spectrum. One team's just putting guys on base, and the other other game, nobody's letting anybody on. So um, hope hope uh, hope the Yankees and Indians. Well, the Yankees now because the Indians are gone. But hope the Yankees can figure out what their malfunction is pitching. Uh, obviously, they have Garrett Cole, who's a badass, a former Houston Astros ace. But after that, they don't have a whole lot. They've just got a ton of bats and they can hit a lot of home runs in one game and make it to to where their own subpar pitching is easily good enough. And, um, the baseball playoffs, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but it has been entertaining to say the least. So, uh, if you're, if you're bored, if you're, if you're just wanting to watch sports in the middle of the day on a Thursday, uh, baseball's on all day starting at noon. So, uh, tune in, put some money on it. Like I said, Braves, they start at noon. So get that one in early. Uh, take the money line. They're going to roll Cincinnati. Um, a couple other nuggets of news that popped out to me uh, from around the sporting world. Uh, in the NBA, Doc Rivers is talking to the Philadelphia 76ers about their coaching vacancy. We thought it was going to be D'Antoni or... One of these other guys that I didn't agree with being fired, um, but Doc Rivers, he could he could get a lot out of that Philadelphia 76ers lineup. I don't know if he'd change it, make some moves, or what. But uh, it's an interesting hire to say the least. We'll keep you posted whether that happens or not. In the National Football League, our last bit of news: the Titans and Steelers game has been postponed after. I think it was five or six members of the Tennessee Titans organization, personnel, players, had tested positive for COVID. Um, They've postponed their game this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Vikings shut down their facilities for um, the early part of this week after finding out about this because the Vikings played the Titans this past weekend. And now that the uh, Vikings have all passed protocol, passed their testing, everybody was negative the Vikings have reopened and that game did not get postponed so Titans Steelers not sure when they're going to make it up maybe um probably at the end of the season I would I would guess I don't know where else you could fit that in you can't you can't put it during their bye week because then it's unfair that they didn't have a bye week so um we'll see interesting interesting development going on there but um the the Titans did the right thing, I think, and uh, the Vikings have reopened their facilities and are good to go for this weekend. So a lot more NFL coming at you with f- trouble with the snap host Tyler Hayward, who's going to um, be on the next episode that we will put out later today, uh, giving you our weekly three. Uh, we're ten and two against the spread. That's where each of us gives you three three NFL games against the spread, and uh, ones that you should bet on, and we'll tell you why. And uh, we're ten and two so far. So they say that being being fifty five percent betting NFL betting betting on games is profitable, based on the vig. Um, so I think that eighty three is is more than more than successful. We're gonna look to keep it up. We got some we got some good ones for you. Some some surprising picks 
uh, coming up. You don't want to miss that. That's free money. And this week we're going to add college football to the mix. Uh, we were going to wait until all the all the conferences were playing. Uh, the Pac-12, which is coming in later. The Big Ten, which now that it's October, starts in two weeks. We were going to wait until we had some full slates to pick from, but there are some good good games this weekend, uh, namely the primetime game, Auburn and Georgia. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give a weekly three for college football, and uh, we do a lot of research, so um, you're gonna want to put money on that too. Because if we're anywhere near as successful as we've been on the NFL, uh, that's free money. So stay tuned for that. It's coming soon. Coming later today, actually. Uh, baseball baseball's on today, all day, all night. Um, Thursday night football, Broncos, Jets. Um, not sure if Tyler's going to have a pick on that one. Uh, I'm, I have a lean there. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to make my weekly three, but it's Thursday night football. Who cares who's playing? It's football. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Continue to like, share, subscribe, whatever you guys have been doing to make us climb these charts and get recognized. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, keep it up and have a good day.